You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, our guest speaker is Dr. Dave Martin, founder and president of the Dave Martin Institute of Champions, based out of Orlando, Florida. Today, Dr. Dave Martin will be discussing about walking in the fullness of God's plan for our lives by pursuing, possessing, and teaching the scriptural keys to biblical success. Well, good morning. Look at someone next to you. Find someone good looking. It may take you a minute, but just take your time. Find someone you don't mind looking at. Tell them this. Tell them the rest of your life will be the best of your life. How many, how many are looking forward to the rest of your life getting better than it is right now? You know, it doesn't... It doesn't matter how good things are going for you right now. The rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. Doesn't matter how bad things are going for you right now. The rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. He said, I've come that you might have life. I like the way it says it here in the Amplified Bible. I never used to read the Amplified Bible because I thought it was a girl Bible. (laughs) I thought the Amplified Bible was a girl Bible. The only person I ever heard use the Amplified Bible was Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer always used I figured it must be a girl Bible. So then I read it one day. I like the way it says in here. It said, I came that you may have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I like the way it says that. You might have and enjoy. How many want to enjoy your life? I mean, not just when you get to heaven, but while you're here. I mean, want to enjoy your, I like the way, enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. A lot of extra words in the Amplified Bible. Maybe it is a girl Bible. It's always a lot of extra. Anyway, uh, I believe life was meant to be enjoyed. Now, I grew up in church. Anybody here grew up in church? Let me see anybody grew up in church. Okay, a few people. I don't know if anybody grew up in the kind of church I did where everything was a sin. Anybody grew up in that kind of church? Oh, yeah, quite a few people. My dad's a pastor. Just so you know a little bit about me. My dad's a pastor. My grandfather's a pastor. My great-grandfather's a pastor. Is that it? That's far as it goes. Isn't it? My great-grandfather's a pastor. So, so I, I go back generations. My dad's preaching today. Uh, my dad is been pe- preaching for 40-something years, and uh, he's preaching over on the West Coast today. My grandfather, he's been preaching a long time, too. I'm not sure exactly how many years. They just celebrated 67 years of marriage, my grandparents did. And, uh, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how long he's been preaching, but I do know he has an autographed copy of the Bible. So that's, that's a long time, you know. But uh, um, uh, that's just kind of how I grew up. We didn't, know, we didn't know you could enjoy life, but we went to church. But everything was a sin. We couldn't go the movies. The movies was a sin. Going to the movies was a sin. Going bowling was a sin. Only thing we could do that wasn't a sin was go to church. I'm probably the most saved person here. So I've been saved about 173 times because they'd scare us. You better, the Lord's coming tonight and he's coming by midnight. We'd wait for midnight, you know, look over, see if my brother was still there. Uh, my brother's pretty saved too. We couldn't play anything growing up. We couldn't play video games growing up as a sin. If me and my brother wanted to play, we'd play church. That's the, that the only thing we'd do. I'd preach, my brother, he'd sit in the back, you know, because all the sinners are in the back. And... Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I'd, I'd preach. My brother, he'd come down and get saved. So he'd been saved quite a few times himself. And, uh, and I'd baptize him until my dad caught us and uh, uh, took us out and whipped us. Um, yeah, we, got, we didn't get time out when I, I grew up. We got, we got, uh, only time out we had was when he took time out to whip us. That's about it. And uh, that's kind of that's how we grew up. We didn't, le- we didn't learn about the blessings of God, the good things of God. You th- we thought you were supposed to be poor because poor people go to heaven. Rich people go to hell. Anybody hear that kind of stuff growing up? Yeah, quite a few. Listen, we did everything we could to stay broke. Um, we, were, we were so poor growing up. My dad told us if the ice cream truck was playing music, that meant they were out. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I remember driving to church sweating to death in the back of the car because we didn't have air condition. And well, we had air condition, we couldn't afford to get it fixed. And my dad made us leave the windows rolled up because he didn't want anyone to know we didn't have air condition. <laughs> we were poor, but we were proud, you know. And uh, we had to drive, we drove through this one neighborhood of real nice houses on the way to church. You know, the compass with swimming pools and people out by the pool drinking lemonade, just enjoying themselves. We're on the way to church in the back of this car sweating. And my dad looked at me and my brother said, boys, see those folks? So yes, sir. He said, those folks are miserable. 
We're in the back of a car with no air conditioning. I, I looked at my brother. I said, man, I wish we were miserable. And miserable looked a lot better than where we were at. But we, that's just kind of how we grew up. My wife and I, my wife, beautiful, anointed, lovely wife is with me today. And we grew up totally different. Uh, she travels all over the country preaching an incredible testimony. Actually getting ready to be on the 700 Club with her testimony in a couple of weeks. But uh, uh, just an awesome, awesome testimony of what God's done in her life. But she grew up totally different than me. You know, like I said, my dad's a preacher. My grandpa's a preacher. Her dad's a heathen. Her grandpa's a heathen. And um, uh, not now, but they were. They, they, they're saved now. But uh, I, grew up, I grew up poor. She grew up wealthy. You know, she grew up in New York. I grew up in Mississippi. We've got a lot of differences, you know. I mean, big differences. She's Italian. All her family Italians. My family, rednecks. Yeah, just, uh, you know, they grew up with, they go on, then New York, they go down to the art auction on Saturday. You know, ooh, New York City, huh? Longer you stay, more expensive stuff gets at an auction. Me, my family, yard sales. Longer you stay, cheaper stuff gets. Yeah, just uh, a lot of difference in, in, in us. Somehow God put us together and uh, taking a message of hope and life and enjoying life around the world. And I want to give you just a few things today that I, I think will help you because I believe God wants you to enjoy life. I believe God wants you to, before I met her, I'd never stayed in a hotel, Pastor. I never, we always stayed in motels growing up. My dad convinced us motels were better than hotels. Yeah, because a motel, you could back your car right up to your door. That's how, that's how he convinced us. Y'all know the difference in a motel and a hotel. I never forget the first time we went to a hotel. We'd never been to a hotel. Man, we got there. We were a little nervous because normally dad just went in, got the key, and then backed up the door, and we all got out. But this time we had to go inside. And so that's just so you know a little bit about me. And, uh, and so we got there, and uh, my dad said, Mama, you wait in the car. Me and the boys will go in and check the place out. And so me and my dad and my brother went inside, and we're looking around, and Wow, this place was nice, you know, chandeliers and shiny floors. And all of a sudden, I heard my dad say, boys, come here. He said, yes, sir. He said, come here. He said, don't, the wall right over there just opened up and shut back. I said, what? He said, come here a little closer. So we got a little closer, and all of a sudden, the wall, it was an elevator. We'd never seen anything like that where we were from. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, that thing opened up. We're looking, and, and, uh, and this ugly lady goes and gets on it. And... Uh, and all of a sudden, it closes on her. So we're watching. About a minute later, that thing opened back up, and this beautiful woman walked off. My dad looked at me, and my brother said, boys, hurry, go get your mom. Yeah, and that's just, that's just kind of how we grew up. But, uh, <laughs> but I began to get in God's word, found out God had good things. God has good things in store for you. How many, how many want this year to be better for you than last year was? Yeah. How many like the second half of this year to be better than the first half of this year? How many like to be happier than you were before? Healthier than you were before? Wealthier than you were before? More love in your home than you had before? Look at all you selfish people all just wanting. No, that's, that's not a selfish desire. It's a God desire. It's a desire that God put on the inside of us. God wanted us to enjoy life. That's why he came, that we may have and enjoy life, have it more abundantly. Here's what I found. If I want tomorrow to be different than today, I've got to learn something today in order to make tomorrow different. Because if I go into tomorrow with the same information I have today, I won't have a tomorrow. I just have a longer today. Because today will be just like tomorrow unless I learn something different. So what am I going to learn today in order to make tomorrow different? So I'm always trying to learn something. How many want tomorrow to be better than today? You don't want tomorrow to be just like today. So what are you going to learn today? Three things I believe you're going to make the rest of your year the best of your year. The second half of this year better than the first half of this year. There's three things you're going to need. Three things you got to have. Number one, turn to, uh, turn to somewhere. It's all good. Just open your Bible. Point your finger. It'll... You ever done that? Just open your Bible, point your fingers. Hoping God to give you a word. Anybody ever done that? I did that the other day. I was like, God, please, I don't know what, I just pointed my finger. I looked down, it was that scripture where Judas hung himself. <laughs> I flipped the page trying to get another word. Go to Proverbs real quick. Proverbs 
chapter 4. It's an honor to be with you at City Church. Like Pastor said, we've been friends for many, several years, many years, and and, uh, and just an honor to, to get to be here. It took me a long time to talk them into letting me come, so I'm just happy to be here. Uh, but, but they, we really appreciate them, what they're doing, and you guys are just so blessed to have pastors like this that believe in you, want to see the very best for your life, and... Uh, and so I, I encourage you, let them know you celebrate them. Let them know you appreciate them. And because, uh, you know, they're, they're like your trainers. They're, they're not just your pastors. They're your coach. They're your trainers. They want, they want you to be the very best. I have a, a trainer. Anybody ever worked out with a trainer? So you, know, you ever worked out with a trainer? Okay, a few people. My, I, I got a trainer. My wife told me I need to get in shape. And I'm like, I am in shape. Round is a shape. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, so I got this, this trainer. Now, what a trainer does is a trainer will push you further than you'd want to go on your own. That's what a trainer's there for. Where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do one more. He's like, no, you could do two more. I'm like, no, for real, just I'm good with one more. And he pushes me just a little further. And the, and the, the one I would have never done if he hadn't been there saying, come on, you can do this. You can make the one that hurt the worst, that stretched me the furthest, is the one that really caused the most good and the most change to happen to me. So sometimes when you're pastor, when you're trainer, when they're pushing you, when they're stretching you, when it hurts a little bit sometimes, just know that's when the most good, you don't, I don't quit on my trainer because he pushes me. That's what I'm paying him for. I want him to push me. I want him to, to cause change to happen. So when, when change, if you really want change to happen, thank God for pastors that will push you and stretch you to be everything that they know God wants you to be and you can be. Amen. So thank God for some good trainers. I thank God every day for my trainer. I'm bench pressing now, probably about 330. Uh, four o'clock, somewhere around that time in, in the afternoon. All right, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter four, Proverbs chapter four. Look at this, verse number five. I'm gonna read from the Amplified. It says, get skillful in godly wisdom. Get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Do not forget and do not turn back from the words of my mouth. Number one, it says to get wisdom. First thing you're going to need, if you want this year to be better than last year, the rest of your year to be better than the first part of your year, you're going to have to get wisdom. Say wisdom. How many like to be smarter than you are right now? Okay, a little over half of you. Just tell the person next to you to make you look smart if you raise your hand. Just tell Get wisdom. Now, people always ask me, why are you so into wisdom? Because I believe the only problem you really ever have is a wisdom problem. You don't have financial problems, you have wisdom problems. Don't have marriage problems, you have wisdom problems. A lot of times you don't have health problems, you have wisdom problems. That's why you'll see people get in line for hours to get into a healing meeting and won't get up 30 minutes early and get on a treadmill. Okay, y'all didn't like that. Okay, um, uh, just pace your anger. Don't do it all. Don't get mad at once. Just kind of spread it out. that's the difference in wisdom. And, and, and God said to take care of your body. He didn't say he'd take care of it. He told you to take care of it. Okay, hold on. I got more stuff. Don't get, hold on. Let me find something y'all will like. That's just where wisdom comes in. See, getting a miracle can get you out of a situation, but without wisdom, you'll end up right back in the situation again. That's where, that's where the value of wisdom comes in. How many have ever made a mistake? How many have ever needed a miracle? How many could think back, man, if I would have known back then what I know now, I would have never even needed that miracle. So what that tells me is the more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. So it tells us right here to get wisdom. Verse number six says, forsake not wisdom, she will keep you. Uh, Defend and protect you. Love her, she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Skillful and godly wisdom, for skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you've gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. The Bible's telling us right here how valuable wisdom is. You can go back to Chronicles where Solomon, God asked Solomon, said, anything you want from me, you can have it. Wealth and riches, the life of your foes. Gave him choices, all the stuff. Could you, what if God came to you and said, anything you want from me, you can have it? What would you say? Wisdom. I want a car. I want a house. There's this job I've been wanting. We'd all thought of a lot of different stuff. Not many of us would have said, God, just give me wisdom. But Solomon said, God, give me wisdom. He said, I want wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, what did God give him? God gave him everything else. God gave wisdom. gave him everything else as well. But he understood the value of wisdom in his life. And so if I could say, God, if there's anything, give me wisdom. I heard about a guy found a genie, rubbed the bottle, and the genie came out. 
said, anything you want, you can have it. He said, oh, I want to go to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. But here's the thing, I'm afraid to fly, and I don't want to drive. Uh, or no, I'm afraid to fly, I don't want to go on a boat, I want to drive. Could you build a bridge from California to Hawaii so I could drive over there? The genie said, man, build a bridge to Hawaii? That's too much work. You know how much I'd take to build a bridge over there? I mean, I got a rest areas, gas station. That's just, that's way too much stuff. You're going to need to come up with something else. He said, okay. He said, uh, I did recently get married. Could you give me the ability to understand women? The genie said, did you want that bridge to be two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> Some things are just easier than other things to figure out. But uh, right here it says to get wisdom and the bible's full of wisdom for every area of your life uh whether if you're if you're married and, and that it talks to us about celebrating the day we're in enjoying today make the most out of today this is the day the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad so the bible's saying look celebrate where you're at we have wisdom for everything you need celebrate where well i just i just wish i, I just wish i was married i'm single i wish i was married i just want to be married if i was married i'd be happy no celebrate be happy being single while you're single because across the aisle is someone married looking back at you thinking oh freedom 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 yeah celebrate where you're at you know you see single, you see couples that, oh, if we had kids, look at the children. If we had some children, we'd be a family. It'd be so wonderful if we just had some kids. Well, look at the woman with five kids. Do you see ecstasy on her face? <laughs> Celebrate where you're at. The, the Bible talks to us about that. This is the day the Lord has made. Uh, negotiation talks about that in the Bible. Happy marriages. How many single people do I have in here? Let me see if you're single. Okay, so like quite a few single people. Uh, uh, the Bible, uh, in, in a, we got a series I'll tell you about in a minute, but I got some good stuff in there for single people. I will narrow your playing field down from the size of a football field to the size of a postage stamp. Because most people don't qualify for you anyway, dating this per day. Most people don't qualify. I met him at church, big deal. Anybody can act saved two or three months. You know. Uh, yeah, so, so we talk about how to, how to time it. You know, let them go through some stuff. Any, anyway, um, one thing, a friend of mine was believing for a wife, and, and uh, someone said, have you ever made a list of all the things you want in a woman? He said, well, no, I never made a list. She said, we well, need to make a list. God doesn't even know what you're looking for. He said, I never really thought about that. So he went back, and he wrote down all the things he wanted in a woman. And uh, next day, she said, did you make a list? He said, I did. She said, let me see it. And he pulled out four pages of paper. <laughs> She's like, wow, four pages, that's a lot of stuff. Did you show that to God? He said, I did. She said, well, my goodness, what did God say? He said, God said, if he could find a woman like that, he'd probably get married. <laughs> the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. So how do, you, how do you get wisdom? Well, there's a few ways to get wisdom. You can get it from mistakes. Most of us lifted our hand in here and said we've made mistakes. How many have learned from your mistakes? Okay, there's one way to get wisdom. That's the slowest way to get it. That is one of the ways. That is one of the ways you can get it. Uh, another way to get it is from your pastors. God puts pastors and people in your life to teach you, to train, to mentor you. Your men mentor your mentors are different than your friends because your friends like you the way you are. Your mentors like you too much to leave you the way you are. Now your friends are comfortable with your past. Your mentors are comfortable with your future. Your friends will ignore your weaknesses. Your mentors will help remove your weaknesses. So you got to understand what they're here for. Listen, I would much rather learn from uh, a, a mentor. Two ways to learn mistakes, mentors. I, I would, how many would rather learn from pastor's mistakes than your own? <laughs> Save us a lot of time, wouldn't it? I would much rather learn from let him make a mistake, teach me. Let her make a mistake, show us. And so we don't have to keep making the same mistakes. They've already done that. They've shown us now we've got mentorship that has accelerated us ahead of where we should be. That's what a good mentor does. So that's another way to learn. I thank God, Christine, I thank God for the mentors God's placed in our life because it's advanced us beyond where, where we are right now. Uh, another way to learn is uh, to buy wisdom. I, I love going to the bookstore, Barnes & Noble. If you're looking for me, you can find me at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. I love, I love information. You go to my house, I got 4,000 books. I got thousands of CDs, DVDs. Why? Because I believe the difference between winners and losers is information. And, and, and if I'm not doing as well as I like to be doing, it just means there's something I don't know. So what don't I know that I need to find out about? So I, I, Bible says that, uh, uh, it? it says that wisdom is more valuable than diamonds and rubies. And, and I mean, I bought books. I was looking at a book last night that I bought uh, a couple years ago. It cost me $68, this, this book. And the guy with me said, you're crazy, $68 for a book? 
you that's crazy I'd never spend that much money on a book I believed him but here's the thing this book has some of the greatest um, the greatest minds of the last century their discoveries what they've learned what took them years and years and 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 hundreds of thousands of dollars to figure out I can learn in a few hours by reading this book it cost me $68 I'd be crazy not to invest in that I'm always investing in, in wisdom I was at a seminar with Peter J. Daniels one of the wealthiest men in Australia Christian businessman and he's doing better than I'm doing at the end of the seminar he said hey we got some CDs and things in the back I ran back to the table I said I want everything they said you want everything I said everything uh, they said it'll be $1,600 for everything I said I'll take it my friend said are you crazy you think that's worth $1,600 I said I don't know but I think I'm worth $1,600 when I buy books and stuff, it's not because I think they're worth it. It's because I think I'm worth it. I like me, so I invest in me. I want my future to be better than my past. So, I, you know, it, it's developing. When you see yourself the way God sees you, God's got a real good picture of you. In one of the series we got back there, we talk about that, developing a self-image. All this wisdom is right here in the Bible. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I never could see myself getting a job like that. Well, don't worry. You won't ever get one. I'd like to get that, that house, but we'd never be able to get a, a, our own house. You're absolutely right. Because hey, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, how many believe the Bible? Okay, I'm just checking. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The me I see is the me I'll be. If I could develop a picture of myself the way God sees me. How many know God's got a real good picture of you? Not the way other people see you, because other people could have a good picture, could have a bad picture. Not even the way you see yourself. Because you could have a bad self-image. You know, I, I mean, growing up, I had, I had self-esteem issues. I mean, I've ever had some issues with self-esteem. I had people say, so, yeah, a lot of people have. I mean, I remember in high school, a girl broke up with me because she said I had low self-esteem. I'm like, great, that really helped. <laughs> My first job was at a pet store. People kept coming in asking how big I'd get. That's hurtful, you know, that's really hurtful. One time in high school, this girl called me. She said, hey, why don't you come over? Nobody's home. I went over to her house. Nobody was home. That's hurtful. You know, that's really hurtful. Um, but as I begin to see myself the way God sees me, God's got a real good picture of you. Up in heaven, I kind of picture up in heaven. God's got pictures of all of us up there. But the picture God has of you, it's already, you know, in the magazines, they touch everybody up a little bit. You know, airbrush them, fix them. They look perfect in the magazine. Why? Because they've been touched up. The pictures God has of you in heaven has already been touched up a little bit. He's already, he's already removed all the wrinkles of weakness and the blemishes of failure. And the picture God has of you is a picture of perfect success. So if I could live into the picture God has of me, see myself the way God sees me, I'd act different, I'd walk different, I'd talk different when I understand who I am in Christ. All this wisdom is right there in the Word of God for whatever it is I need. Good attitude, staying positive. This is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice. It's a choice. I choose today. It's going to be a good day. I decided when I got up today, it's going to be a good day. Do you ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Nope. Whichever side I get up on is the right side. Because I chose, this is the day I will rejoice. Is everything perfect? Of course not. But I choose to rejoice. I'm not the best singer in the world, but in the shower I sound good. You know, because it's got that echo, uh, what do you call that? Reverb. Yes. I sing because I'm happy. I'm just, I, if I could go through my whole life singing my line. You remember those old Elvis movies where he'd sing all of his lines? I think I'd just go through my whole life. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. I, I just go through my whole life singing my lines and enjoying myself because life was meant to be enjoyed. Life was meant to be enjoyed. It took me my entire lifetime to get to today. Why would I not enjoy it? Why would I not make the most of it? I mean, all this wisdom is in the Bible. Be yourself. Uniqueness. Be who God created you to be. Don't insult God by trying to be something he didn't create you to be. A friend of mine wrote a book, you were born an original, don't die a copy. Why would I insult God by trying to be something? God didn't make me. Uh, someone came to me the other day and said, you know, Dr. Dave, you and me are just alike. I'm like, I don't think so. Because if you and me are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> and I'm going to have to go with it's you. Yeah. <laughs> We're not alike. Every one of us have different gifts. I mean, Romans talks about that. But Pastor Eugene and me aren't alike. Me and, and, and Christine aren't alike. We're different. 
God made us all with different gifts, talents, abilities. Celebrate your uniqueness. My brother can, my brother-in-law can fix cars. I can't fix cars. That's his uniqueness, not my uniqueness. Me, I can't, looking into the hood of a car is like looking into a human brain. It don't make any sense to me. I don't know anything about cars. Uh, the other day, a car wouldn't start, and Christine calls me. She in the, and she's in the garage. She says, hey, the car won't start. I'm like, oh. She goes, can you look at it? I'm like, sure, we can both look at it. I don't know what good that's going to do looking at it, but, you know. but I'm a man, you know, and I'm from Mississippi. So I'm like, all right, pop the hood. Maybe I'll take a peek at it. So she popped the hood and I'm looking at it and in the name of Jesus, please. That's what I, I called the mechanic. That's what I, I, I call AAA. That's my gift. And, uh, and I had it towed in. So, you know, I, they towed down. The mechanic came out. He's like, he came out. He's like, did you check the alternator? I'm like, so you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> yes. It was full. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just got just to gotta celebrate who you are. You got to celebrate. You know? But anyway, all this wisdom is, is in the word of God. So the Bible says to get to get wisdom. So I, I invested. This guy's got this series, $1,600. I buy it all. I start listening to it. Man, I, oh, that'll work in my life. Oh, that'll work for our marriage. Oh, I can use that. I'm getting all these principles, and then I get an idea. The billionaire, Ross Perot, said all it takes is one good idea to live like a king the rest of your life. Just one good idea. There's a couple at First Assembly of God Church in Dothan, Alabama. God gave them an idea. They sold it to Winn-Dixie. Their first royalty check was $2.4 million. Say, praise the Lord. Lord. Y'all are just upset over people's blessings. That's uh, how many be happy with a $2.4 million idea? Wouldn't that be nice if God gave you one of those? I got that $1,600 set I bought. I got an idea off of that. Put the idea together, sold the idea. Within eight months, the idea produced me about $350,000. Praise the Lord. How many be happy with the $250,000 idea? $50,000 idea. I mean, just hope you have an idea before you die. Just, but how many think a $1,600 investment was worth a $350,000 idea? See, it, it's what you find valuable. You'll always invest in what you find valuable. You know, it, it's, 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 it's amazing to me. If I told you I had a, new, a brand new Escalade outside and I'd sell it today for 300 bucks, how many could find 300 bucks? Yeah, why? Because you find it valuable. When in a few years it'll rust and it won't be worth anything. But, but you'll always find what you find valuable. And so the Bible talks to, to us about the value of wisdom. He says, whatever you do, get wisdom, get understanding. Um, then the, then the, last, the last verse here, let me read this last one. Then I want, I want to give you the sec- next one. Uh, Proverbs, verse number eight says, prize wisdom highly, exalt her, she will exalt and promote you. She'll bring you to honor when you embrace her. Prize wisdom, value wisdom. Wisdom says will bring increase into your life. How many want increase in your life? How many like to be happier than you are right now? Healthier than you are right now? How many like to have more money than you got right now? It's okay. You won't go to hell. Let me see. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, money is the root of good vacations. When you understand the reason for blessings, God blesses you to be a blessing. I don't ever worry about becoming greedy. I was talking the other day about being a millionaire. and One of my family members said, I'm just afraid if I was a millionaire, I'm afraid I'd be greedy. I'm like, that's because you're greedy now. <laughs> if you're greedy with 100, you'll be, having more money just makes you more of what you already are. So if you love to give with 100, think how much you could give when you got a million. But here's the thing. God, God put something in the system to cure us from greed. It's called giving. If you're a giver, it's hard to ever be greedy because the more God blesses you, the greater blessing you could be. You know, pastor's talking about those vans uh, and, and everyone goes to the, the TBN. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, every, the, the money's going to go to help wrap those vans, the new vans. And, and I'm like, man, that's incredible. Only only costs $4,000 to wrap those vans. That's $2,000 a piece. Man, wouldn't it be awesome? It, God blesses you to be a blessing. And pastor says, we got to wrap those vans. And, and we raise the money for one, all going over to TBN. And then someone just says, hey, you know what? I'll give $2,000 and take care of the other one. I'll wrap that one. How many like to be able to do that? It's not a, I'm not an offering right now. I'm just asking how many like to. I'm just going to be all nervous. Like, are these, are these pledges? 
Um, hey, God may speak to someone in here this morning and say, you know what? Take care of that. Give thousand toward that or 500 because when you're blessed you understand i'm blessed to be a blessing and you're always looking for ways i can sow into the kingdom or help make that happen it's all right there this wisdom from god's word to help us succeed in every area of our life bible talks a lot to us about our finances and the purpose of, of prosperity in our life so whatever area it is you want to get wisdom say wisdom uh second thing second thing look at uh, luke chapter two look at luke chapter two let me just mention uh, some, some things we got in the back. Luke chapter 2, look at, uh, look at that, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about this second one. I wrote a book about it. That's, but uh, there's also, for those that are into wisdom, like I said, not everybody's into wisdom. But uh, for those who are, we got some things right straight out underneath that little canopy out uh, in, the, in the outside there. Some CDs and things, and we got a, we got a few of them left. I'd encourage you to invest in yourself. It's just an investment you're making yourself. Here's 20 hours of teaching, 20 CDs in here. It's a workbook. Uh, covers everything from the two most important days in your life. Understanding your uniqueness, what you're here for, what's your purpose. Uh, the only reason people fail, broken focus. Talk to you about goal setting, dreams. Uh, talk to you about uh, uh, single people. There's some good stuff in here for you. The, uh, gaining a, a belief in yourself. A little, a little bit of what we talked about. This is just hours expanding about some of the little things we shared for just a minute here this morning. Uh, personality trait that's greater than all skill, a good attitude. You'd be amazed. Don't you like to be around optimistic people? I like to be around people that, that see the positive in things, that are happy people, you know. I, I don't like being around negative people. Optimism is real important. I like to be, I, I'm on planes all the time, and I, you know, you get stuck next to all kind of people sitting on planes, and I was sitting next to a lady the other day. She was scared. She'd never flown before. It was her first time, and she was all nervous. And I'm like, don't worry. Everything will be fine. I'm on the plane. It's going to be fine. <laughs> She's looking at me like, what are you talking about? But uh, um, uh, anyway, we, we, about an hour into the flight, we hit a little bit of turbulence. You know, the plane started getting a little bumpy, and, and she started getting nervous. And, and I fell asleep. She woke me up. She goes, hey, 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 do something. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm, a, I'm not a pilot. I'm just... Uh, uh, she goes, well, aren't you a preacher or something? I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, can you do, do something religious? <laughs> so I got up and took an offering. <laughs> but being, a, being around positive people, I like to be around positive people. Because how many know the people that blame other people for all their problems? It's always someone else's fault. They haven't made it. I heard about a guy on his deathbed, and he called his wife over to the bed. He said, honey, could you come closer? She said, yes, dear. He said, you know, you were there with me when I fell and broke my leg. You know, you were with me when the house burned down. Honey, you were with me when my father died. Could you come a little closer? She said, yes, dear. He said, you know, I'm thinking you're bad luck. You can always blame someone else if you want to. Anyway, all, that, all that's in here. Single people, great stuff. Married people, some really great stuff. My wife and I do a lot of marriage seminars. There's some good stuff in here uh, for married couples. You'll have a lot of fun. Decision making, time management, all that kind of stuff is in here. If you really desire to be a success, want this year to be better than last year, I encourage you to invest in some wisdom that will make the difference. There's a workbook goes with it. And then there's another 10 hours of teaching. How many own your own? Anybody own your own business in here? Any business owners? Okay, a few business owners. Anybody like to? Anybody got some ideas, entrepreneurial spirit, or, or just want to do better on your job and your finances? This will, really, this will really help you. I've studied some of the greatest entrepreneurs and successful people of the last 100 years, put their discoveries in this 10-hour teaching, 10 CDs. got a workbook that goes with it. You kind of follow right along with it called Millionaire Mentality. It's just a difference in the way people think. But understand the purpose, first of all, most importantly, that we understand we're blessed to be a blessing. When we talk about being a millionaire, it's not so we can just have more money and get a bigger house and wheels and rims on our car or whatever. The purpose of prosperity is to be a blessing. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Like I was saying, so pastor, pastor, I'll take care of that. Uh, uh, we, or we get another building. Pastor, I'll give 100000 Well, that's good. I mean, how many want to be blessed like that? Yeah, so that's what, that's what this is about. When you understand the purpose, God can bless you to be a blessing. That's 10 hours of teaching. If you have an iPod or MP3 player, you can get the exact same stuff on one disc or on these two discs. Just drag, click, it goes into your iTunes, and uh, you'll have it all right there. Um, and this normally sells for, these, these are, 
this 20 hours with the workbooks, normally 300. I think that's what it is on our website. And that's what it is when we go in the corporate arena. This is 200. Uh, but if you get them both today at church, we always do it for half price. So you can get both of them. Uh, if you get them both, you get it for half price. Say thank you. Thank you. It's half price. You at least be grateful. But you can even pay half now, half in 30 days if you need to. Uh, so 250 bucks, you can get all of it, all 30 hours of teaching the workbooks and everything. And then if you get that, you also can get this book. You can't buy this book, but we'll give it to you for free called The Force of Favor. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 52. I got to move quick here, these last two. Y'all getting anything out of this today? Yeah. Luke chapter 2, verse 52 said, and Jesus increased. There's that word, increase. Say increase. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. How many like to have more favor than you've got right now? Favor is one of the greatest things you'll ever receive. Like I said, I got this book on, on favor back there that you get. It's worth the entire thing just to get this book and understand the favor of God. Because I give you over 100 facts about favor. But listen, one thing that's real important to understand with favor. Whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for increases in your life. Whatever you recognize, you'll become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for will increase in your life. What does that mean? Um, have you ever gone to the mall or to Walmart? The parking lot's full. You can't find a parking spot anywhere. But then all of a sudden, the front parking spot opens up. That ever happened to anybody? Thank you, Lord, for favor. You call that favor? Whatever you recognize, you'll become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for will increase. So if I'm being thankful for those little things, I went and bought something the other day. It was $7.04. I only had a $10 bill. She said, you don't have $0.04? Cents? I said, I don't. She goes, you know what? Don't even worry about it. I'll take care of it. And threw the $0.04 cents in. You say, well, big deal, $0.04. Cents. They probably got a little bucket, a little cup there. They take the $0.04 cents out of That may be what you say. I say, thank you, Lord, for favor. Because whatever I recognize, I become thankful for. Whatever I'm thankful for increases in my life. And I've learned to recognize these little things. I remember one time getting a Coke, being a friend of mine, getting a Coke. I was opening mine. I said, thank you, Lord, for favor. He said, what are you doing? I said, hold on. Turned my cap over. I said, you want a 20-ounce Coke? I said, look at that favor. He said, oh, give me a break. I said, fine, open yours. <laughs> he said, play again. I said, don't mess with me. But see... I recognize the little things before I ever saw it increase into the bigger thing. You remember that big bus we had, that big tour bus that we got? I don't know if you remember. I, mean, I, I, wanted, I wanted a tour bus. I don't know why. I just thought it was cool. You know, people get off tour buses waving. Everyone thinks they're famous. And I thought that'd be cool. It'd be, me feel special. And so I wanted one of those tour buses. I got this deal on a tour bus. Uh, guy gave me a, I went to rent one. He said, just buy this from me. And I know how much those things cost. Those things can cost a million dollars. I mean, several hundred thousand dollars for these big tour buses. I said, I, I can't afford to buy one. I'm not in the position to buy one right now. But I, I'd like to just rent it. He said, listen, today I'll make you a deal you can't refuse. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I just bought a new Cadillac. He said, if you pay it off, I'm just going to give you this bus. I just want to get rid of it. I said, what kind of Cadillac did you get? He said, just, guy, I forget what it, what it was. Uh, was it the Escalade? I think it was. He owed, he owed $35,000. Anyway, I bought the Backstreet Boys tour bus for $35,000. I don't know about you, but I call that favor. I'm like, man, you, I'm going to be, you don't feel, you know, you really don't feel all that cool when you got to drive yourself around on this bus. <laughs> I didn't have a driver, so I'm driving around, you know, and Christine gets off. Everyone thinks she's famous, and I'm her driver. You know. But, uh, um, but, see, I recognize the little things, the parking spot, the, the Coke top, and the little things increased into the bigger things. You understand what I'm saying? So whatever you recognize, favor determines the level of your income. Uh, your boss doesn't. Favor does. Favor with your boss and get you a raise, a promotion. If you own your own business, more customers, more clients, favor brings increase. Uh, get around right people, favor comes towards you. Get around wrong people, favor leaves. How many have ever found it doesn't take a lot of wrong people to mess stuff up? One wrong person can mess with Samson. Remember that story of Samson? He didn't have to date every girl in town to get a haircut. He just had to date the wrong girl. One wrong person. Jonah on the boat. Waves come. Storm comes. They start throwing stuff off the boat. It wasn't what was on the boat. It was who was on the boat. The Bible says you got to love everybody. didn't say you got to let everybody on your boat. Some of you are in storms. How do I get out of this? What do I do? Throw some people overboard. Every now, I tell, I tell people, every now and then you need to get out your cell phone and delete some people. 
Facebook, delete some people. Twitter, follow me. Um, uh, 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 so what, whatever. What, what, hey, did y'all hear on the news that Facebook and Twitter and YouTube were uh, merging? Did y'all hear about that? Yeah, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter all merging together. Uh, they change, they're changing the name to U-Twit-Face. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, okay, so when you recognize... When you recognize favor, when you recognize favor in your life, favor, favor will work for you when nothing else, doesn't matter what the economy looks like, doesn't matter what, what anything else looks like, favor is working for you. Whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for increases. Now, you'll find that everybody's going to be happy when you get favor. You ever notice that? Told friends, they're like, oh, really? Tell some people at church, huh? I'll tell my family because you know your family will always be happy when you get blessed. You can always count on your family. So you go tell your family. Remember Joseph? Remember he got that coat his dad gave him, favor? If anybody's going to be happy about it, he thought his brothers would, his family. So he put it on, went down to show it to his brothers. What did his brothers do? Took it off, beat him up, threw him in a pit. I believe God gives you a family to prepare you for your enemy. You can make it through your family. You got a chance. But, but here's the thing. Favor will always cause you to rise to the top. His brothers threw him in a pit and sold him as a slave. He ends up at Potiphar's house. Potiphar puts him in charge of the house. Runs into a little problem with Potiphar's wife. They throw him in prison. In prison, the warden puts him in charge of everything. From there, he interprets a dream for Pharaoh and goes from living in prison to living in the palace. Favor will always bring you back to the top. How many have got some, some areas where you need God's favor to show up in your life right now? Let me see your hand. One day he's in prison, the next day he's in the palace. What I see from that is that favor will accelerate your destiny. What took some people a year will take you a day. What took some people uh, uh, 10 years will take you one year. Favor will accelerate your destiny. One day you're in debt, the next day you're debt-free. One day you got cancer, the next day they can't find a trace of it anywhere in your body. One day you're praying for your son to get saved, 24 hours, Mom, I'm coming home. 24 hours from right now, everything could be totally different. Favor will accelerate your destiny. How many like to see that thing happen in 24 hours that you're believing for? 24 hours from right now. Favor will accelerate your destiny. We were in Knoxville, Tennessee. A guy comes up to me after church and says, Dr. Dave, will you pray for me? I said, sure, I will. He said, I'm believing for favor. I said, okay. He said, I, I, I'm really, I, need, I need something big. I said, okay, I'll, I'll believe it. He goes, here. He reached in his pocket. He handed me something. He goes, here, pray for this. I said, what is that? He said, it's my lottery ticket. I'm like, I can't pray favor for your lottery ticket. He said, listen, he said, Doc, it's, it's $83 million. They pull my numbers tonight. 24 hours from right now, my life will be different. I said, well, that may be true, but I can't pray favor for a lottery ticket. He said, listen, I'll make a deal with you. He said, you pray favor over this ticket and I win. He said, I'm giving your ministry the tithe, $8.3 I said, man... In the name of Jesus, I pray. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You just never know how God's going to bless you, you know. You hear about that little old lady lived next door to an atheist? Every day this atheist would hear her praying and singing. He said, I'm so tired of hearing this lady praying to God. There is no God. Got to hear this all the time. He said, I'm going to prove to this lady there is no God. One day she was praying for groceries. She didn't have any food. So he's like, here's my chance. So he went out and bought two bags of groceries came over to her house, set him on the steps. He rang the doorbell, hid in the bushes. She came out, saw the groceries. She started shouting, thanking God for the groceries. The atheist jumped out of the bushes and said, I got you. I said, what do you mean you got me? God didn't bring you these groceries. I brought these groceries. God had nothing to do with this. I bought these. I put them right here. She looks at him, looks at the groceries. She looks over the atheist. She said, thank you, Lord, for the groceries, and thanks for making the devil pay for it. <laughs> you just... You just never know how God's going to bless you. Favor, favor will accelerate your destiny. So three things. Number one was what? What was number one? Wisdom. Get wisdom. Number two is favor. Expect God's favor to show up in your life. Just one moment of favor. Christine and I, could, we could sit for hours and just tell you favor after favor, after favor from the littlest things to the biggest things. We wouldn't be anywhere near where we are, have what we have, or any, if it wasn't. For God's favor in our life. I thank God every day because what I recognize increases in my life. I'm thankful for God's favor. Third thing, third thing, last thing, and then I'm going to pray a prayer over your life. Oh, my goodness, I know I kept you way too long, but I'm almost done. In the words of Elizabeth Taylor to her last husband, I won't keep you long. <laughs> 
uh, uh, just a, a couple more minutes. Let me give you this. Let me give you this last one. Luke chapter six. Look at Luke chapter six. Now I told you I grew up in church. We thought you were supposed to be poor. Uh, we didn't know you could be blessed. We didn't understand the purpose of blessing. We didn't know what prosperity was for. We just were. We were just trying to get by. And uh, we learned about tithing offering. Tithing offering. My, my dad drilled that into us. Boy, you better pay your tithe, or we're going to whip you. We were scared not to tithe. God was like the Godfather of the Mafia, and tithe was like protection money. Just give him his money. He won't break your leg, burn your house down, cut your arms off. Just give him his stuff, and he, that's kind of how we. That's kind of how it was to us. We went to kids' church and children's church. They taught us songs in there. You know, God will take it out of your hide if you don't pay your tithe. We were scared. We didn't understand what tithe was. We knew it was 10%. 10% belongs to God. God needs it. And if you rob him, oh, I hate to see what's going to happen to you. And I'm, I'm thinking, we were scared. But just give him the money. Get, that's it. That's it. I got to thinking as I, as I began to get in the word of God for myself and learn for myself. You know what? Tithing, God, how many believe God owns everything? Okay. If God owns everything, why would he need my money? He already owns everything. If I don't give him my money, how could I rob him? It was already his anyway. How am I, how am I going to rob him? And so I'm, I'm studying this. I'm looking at it. And, uh, and, and I understand tithing. And, 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 and you know, God said he opened up the windows of heaven over your life. How many, how many of you ever had a window that wouldn't stay open? You had to put a book in it or a stick or something. Anybody ever had a window like that? Yeah, I remember growing up, we had a window. We had to put, we put paint uh, stirs in there to keep the window open. That's how we kept it open. And, you know, it's kind of like... God said, if you honor God with your tithe, he'll open up the windows of heaven over your life. Remember, pour out blessings on you, don't have room enough to receive. I kind of think like you bring your tithe to God, he opens up the window. Next week, you don't tithe, the window shuts. Next week, you honor God with your tithe, he opens up the window. You miss a couple weeks, your window shuts. When you're not consistent with tithing, tithing is like the stick or the book in the window that keeps the windows of heaven open over your life. How many want to keep the windows of heaven open over your life? Yeah, you do that by consistently honoring God with the tithe. Keeps the windows of heaven open. If not, your windows going up and down, up and down. By the time we get to heaven, God takes us in this big warehouse and says, hey, look, check this out. We're looking around. We're like, hey, hey, look at that. I, I wanted one of those. He's like, yep, that was yours, but I was, the day I was going to give it to you, your window was shut. Oh, shoot. I think the first day in heaven might just be a big cry day. We may just all cry all day because all the stuff that was up there that we missed because our window's going up. But when we honor God consistently with our tithe, he puts a stick in the window, keeps the windows of heaven open over your life so he can pour out blessings on you because your, your, your tithe opens up the window. Your offering determines what comes out the window. So it's important to always do something above your tithe. When, when Christine and I first got married, we lived in a little government-assisted apartment, government-subsidized housing. I've never written any books, never made any CD series, just, just getting our ministry started. Dave Martin International, this little, uh, little uh, um, uh, apartment that we were in. And, I mean, we, it, people laughed at us. International, where y'all been? Like, we went to Canada once. Made us international. You had to have a vision, you know. And, uh, and, and so we began to honor God with, with $2 above our tithe, $2. Every week, $2 above our tithe. God began to increase us. I remember the first time I gave $5. Above our tithe, we started, God started blessing us. I remember the first time I gave $100. I never forget the first time I gave $500. I never dreamed I'd have $500. Let alone be able to give it in an offering. I remember sitting in, in service and, and a preacher got up. He said, there's several people here today God speaking to about giving $500 in this offering. I remember sitting on the second row thinking, whoa, hope God speaks to them. I didn't want to be one, just whoever they were. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you're one of them, give 500. I said, oh. God next to me said, praise God, I'm one of them. I said, whew. I guess I just overheard God talking to him. <laughs> so I put my checkbook back in my pocket. Christine leaned over. She says, is God telling you anything? I said, I don't know. Is he telling you anything? She said, I think we're supposed to give 500. Oh. Shoot. Remember, I got my checkbook, and I looked in there. Pastor, I had $503. When you have 503 and God wants 500 of it, you want to make sure he knows what he's doing, you know. Remember, I kind of leaned my checkbook up toward heaven so you could see how much I had in there. He said he already knew how much I had. That's why he didn't tell me to give more. So I, I'm, I start writing the check. Ink is smearing from the tears. 
People like you. God loves a cheerful giver. Great. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say he doesn't love uncheerful givers. Just a thought. Here, here's, what I, here's what I found. If you're happy every time you give, you don't give a lot. I've been willing, I've been obedient, but when you have 503 and he wants 500 of it, you're not happy. People like, you shouldn't cry when you give to God. I said, I'm not, I'm watering my seed. <laughs> I could tell you time and time again when God spoke to us and we obeyed his, his voice, but it went back all the way, and I close with, with tithing, honoring God, first of all, with our tithe, because that's got to come first. Before the giving, before all that, you honor God with your tithe that opens up the window of heaven. Tithing is not a money thing. We always think it's about money. Now, Pastor, talking about tithing, talking about money. He's not talking about money. He's not talking about resources. Yes, it's 10% of our income, but what he's talking about is the most important thing in any relationship, in a marriage, in a friendship, in our relationship with God, the most important thing is trust. If we don't have trust, it makes a pretty rough marriage. If we don't have trust, it makes a hard friendship. If we don't have trust, how can God trust me if I can't even trust him? It's amazing. We all want to trust God with our life, but we can't trust God with 10% of our income. When he said if he'd give it to me to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you, he said, look, I'm trying to help you. All you got to do is trust me. So when you don't tithe, it's not that you don't give God your money. It's that all you do is say, God, I really don't trust you. I don't trust you because I don't believe you said you'll do what you, we all say we believe the Bible, but it's amazing. We all believe John three sixteen, but we don't believe Luke six thirty eight. It's all really just a trust thing. Will you trust God? The third thing you got to have is generosity. You got to learn to trust God, be generous, honoring him with your tithe, and above that, bringing God offerings so that he can pour out blessings on you. You don't have room enough to receive. How many want to be blessed so you can be a blessing? It's all about trust. God was a giver. I mean, my goodness, he wants us to be like him. He loved us so much. John three sixteen says God loved us so much that he what? Gave. He gave. He was a giver. He gave his only son. God wanted a family, so he gave his son. Planted his seed, his best seed, his only son. And today, we're here. We're the harvest of that seed. If you want this year to be better than last year, three things you need. Number one was what? Wisdom. wisdom. Get wisdom. Get information. The difference between winners and losers is information. Tomorrow's going to be different than today when you invest. I, we don't have time to talk about but but we, we I listen all the time. Books, CDs. Why? Because I need information. I need wisdom to make tomorrow different than today. What are you going to learn today? Some of you will invest in yourself. Get some wisdom to make tomorrow different. Uh, number two, second thing you need is what? Favor. favor. Expect God's favor. It's not a one-time event. It's a lifestyle. I expect favor every single day. You know, some people, uh, you've heard people being diagnosed with paranoia. I always feel like people are out to get them, out to get, plotting against them. I, I've, I've got a severe case of reverse paranoia. I always feel like people are out to bless me, do good to me, show me favor. I'm always in expectation of something good to happen in my life. Third thing is what? Generosity. I live to give. I love to give to God. God gave so much to me. How could I not give back? He said he blessed me to be a blessing. I established this covenant. He gave me the ability to create wealth to establish this covenant. He loved us so much that he gave. You have been listening to our guest speaker, Dr. Dave Martin, founder and president of the Dave Martin Institute of Champions, based out of Orlando, Florida. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.